You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. We've been talking about the forgiving challenge for many weeks now. And so if you are a visitor today or you haven't been to Trinity for a little bit, you might be going, what is he talking about? Well, this all started about four years ago when we did Red Letter Challenge, three and a half to four years ago. We did something as a congregation called the Red Letter Challenge. And um, we divided into some small groups, but some of us did it on our own, but the whole, whole congregation worked through it. And then we did something called the Being Challenge. And then we did something called the COVID Challenge. So it's been a while. And so I think it was over a year ago that Pastor Gerber talked to me and said, hey, perfect timing for the Forgiving Challenge. Lent 2023, and that seemed like such a long time ago, but here we are. Ash Wednesday is this Wednesday already. So the forgiving challenge is what we're going to be working through together. If you don't have a book, make sure you pick up your book at the end of the day. We have plenty of books. Yes, there's a possible donation, but don't worry about it. We want everyone to participate in this challenge with us. Pastor Gerber and I are very excited about about leading you through this 40-day journey And we're hoping it's going to be a blessing to all of Trinity, not just the congregation, but you personally as well. So this 40-day challenge is an experience. So it's, it's going to be hard if you just dabble here or dabble there and do day one and then wait till day 10. You're probably going to have to skip a few days. Life will happen. But if you can just stay with it, It'll be a wonderful experience for everybody. So each sermon will build on the previous week. And so today, we're going to be talking about scars, okay, about scars. So so welcome to the 40-Day Forgiving Challenge. Are you ready? Yes. Oh, good. Thank you. That's the first response I've had in two sermons. But what are you ready for? Freedom. Freedom is what we're going to be looking for. To be set free from what, though? Well, here's the the answer to that question. John 8, 35 to 36. The chains and bondage of sin. It's what Jesus came to do and to do free for our sins. And Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But what if I'm not a sinner, you might ask yourself. Well, my friends, that just isn't possible. From the moment that sin entered the garden, we have been sinful. We've had sinful nature 
ever since. It is who we are. We're selfish sinners. The Apostle Paul makes that very clear in Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All. I'm convinced that what the Bible says is true. Who the, set, who the Son sets free is free indeed. But there are days when I don't necessarily feel all that free. Sin has a tendency to do that to us, you know. It's like, it's like it's part of our nature or something. So I want to start our journey together on the heels of the resurrection of Jesus. We read about that just a little bit in John chapter 20 with the story of Thomas. So in John chapter 20, the disciples are all quarantined and they are, are, they are afraid for their lives. Their Lord and Savior, Jesus, is dead. Their worlds are shattered. And they're all humbled, huddled up in a room, not sure what to do, where to go next. And then Jesus just shows up. What a moment that had to be. He rose from the dead. And proof, the proof, was actually when Jesus showed them his hands and his side. John 20, verse 19. We're going to read the first part, and then we'll get to the second part again. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. But one of the disciples wasn't there, right? Thomas. Most give Thomas kind of a bad rap. After all, what's his nickname? Doubting Thomas. But truthfully, they were all afraid, and they were all at this time doubting. Let's pick it back up in John 20, 24. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came, so the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord! But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands and the mark of the nails and place my finger into the marks of the nails and place my hand in his side, I will never believe. Thus, doubting Thomas. We continue. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. 
There are a lot of fascinating things in this story. But one of the things that's fascinating to me is that Jesus still had scars. Why would God allow the scars of Jesus to remain? What is God trying to tell us through the scars of Jesus? Let me show you a picture. It's a picture of three of my fingers, maybe four fingers. One oh, kind of four, three and a half, three and a quarter picture, fingers up there, okay? Now, you've got to look really, really close. Does anyone see a scar? It's so difficult that I will give you help. Next picture, please. Ah, do you see it now? This little diagonal scar on my left index finger. This scar brings back a lot of memories for me. We're going to go back to 1977, July of 1977, and I was on a mission. I was on a mission to go down to the river all by myself for the very first time by myself, and I was going to make my dad proud. I was going to go catch a bucket of catfish, and we were going to have catfish for supper that night. Because you know it's supper in Nebraska in the summer. It's not dinner, don't you know? So I worked all day to prepare for this challenge. So I needed to have clean water. I needed to have some ice. I had to have, make sure I had the right poles for catfish. Stink bait was the bait of choice that day. Anyone ever use stink bait? Oh, yeah. You use stink bait in the river, and you have a better chance to catch what I would call eaters. Maybe those 10 to 12 or 13 inchers, not those big fatties. If you want to catch those big fatties in the river, you put on a big old frog or a bluegill or a crawdad or something. I just wanted to catch some eaters and make my dad proud and supply dinner for the night. So I packed everything into the 1970 Pontiac station wagon. We lived about a mile from the river bridge, and I knew exactly where I was going to go. And so my mom reluctantly took me on that July afternoon down to the river. I was about 12 years old. And I was going to set the world on fire. So I got everything out. And my mom said, okay, when I come back in two hours, I'm going to honk the horn twice. Then you'll know it's me. Okay, great plan, right? Everything's going super. I go down the embankment, and I knew that there was a great place for catfish. And there, what they used to do is they used to take old car bodies and put them along the edge of the, the riverbanks so that it would help with erosion. And so there was, there was this old car sticking kind of out, and the, and the water swirled around and came back. Guess what? Perfect place for a bunch of catfish to hang out. So it was on. The challenge was on. It's got everything set up. And in like no time at all, I've got my first catfish on the bank. And it looked something like this. It actually looked very much like that. 
This was a catfish that I caught about three or four years ago in Johnson Lake when we were doing catfish races at back to school night. Does anyone remember catfish races? Yes? <laughs> you guys remember catfish races? It actually worked pretty good. So that's the type, uh, here I, I got my first catfish, here we go, right? Now remember, I'm not gonna put it on a stringer because my goal is to clean them as I catch them. And when I go home, I'm gonna have a bucket full of catfish ready to put in the frying pan. So this was before I knew how to fillet fish. Or maybe it was before my dad trusted me with a flay knife. One of those two things. So back in the day, and Jeff, you'll know what I'm talking about, you'd skin them, right? Anyone catch it like 500 bullheads when you were a kid and skin them all? You'd skin them, and then you'd gut them, and then what do you have to do last thing? Chop their head off. That's where the problem started. So I'm holding this catfish by the head, and obviously uh, this finger's going to be a problem, right? So I got it, I got it gutted. I got it, I have, the, I have the skin off it. Time for the head. I have this old buck knife. One chop and we're good to go. Chop! I missed the catfish, and I hit my finger. And it was a bloody mess from the very start. Now what am I going to do? I'm a mile from home, and my finger is bleeding all over the place. I probably cried. I don't want to admit that I cried. So I tried to stay calm. And this finger is just dripping, just pouring blood. And so I'm trying to wrap it up. I'm trying to hide all of my fishing gear in the weeds because I can't take it home with me. I'm a mile away. So I hide it all in the weeds. I crawl back up the steep bank, and I head for home. And what do you think my mom's reaction was when I walked into the door? Ah! What happened? So off to West Point to the doctor we go, and Dr. Tibbles scrubbed that thing like you would never believe. That was the most painful experience of my day. And then the stitches, and then the tetanus shot. So this big challenge, all I had left to show for it was what? A scar. A scar. But that scar is very meaningful to me. It's very precious to me. It's a reminder that no matter how hard I try to control everything and make things perfect, I'm a sinner. Sometimes it's not going to go according to plan. Sometimes a lot of times it doesn't go according to plan. But that's what scars do. Scars tell powerful stories, don't they? Scars tell powerful stories. Scars were made by God. They were His idea. He made human skin to heal, and many times they heal through scars. 
Some scars that you have may have little meaning to you. Some might have a lot of meaning to you. Are you thinking through your scars in your head right now? The scars of Jesus have the most to stay. When Jesus burst into that room with the disciples, the evidence that proved to the disciples that he really was Jesus is when he showed him his scars. That was game-changing for everyone and really game-changing for Thomas. Once he put his hands in Jesus' side and he touched Jesus' scars on his hands, then Thomas declared, my Lord and my God. Do you realize that that is the first time in the New Testament that anyone declared that Jesus was God? doesn't get too much more powerful than that, does it? The scars of Jesus turned a doubting Thomas into a devoted disciple of Jesus. The scars of Jesus have the ability to mark us as truly change and truly change us forever. And will, don't you know? The scars of Jesus tell the story of an innocent man that died a brutal death for guilty sinners just like you and just like me. But this innocent man was also fully God. And through his death and through his resurrection, those same guilty sinners receive a free gift of grace that allows them to, to live eternally, now and forever. Be in the righteousness of God. Did you hear that? Now and forever. Not just forever. Now. It's one thing to know about the scars of Jesus. It's another to see his scars. It's another to receive from his scars what he truly wants to give to you. And that's his grace. His grace forever marks you as a child of God. His grace forever marks you as a child of God. So if that's true, then his grace would also extend from us to others. You would think that followers of Jesus would be known for being forgiving and gracious people. But that's not always the case, unfortunately. The reality is, sometimes Christians are known more for their judgment than their grace. See, grace is getting a free gift you don't deserve. Judgment is getting exactly what you do deserve. I often struggle with this. And I'm actually accused by my family of being very judgmental. I'm judgmental about the dumbest things sometimes. It's troubling that we as Christians sometimes don't show our grace and our forgiveness, but boy, it's easy to judge. So let me ask you this question this morning. Is it easier for you to forgive yourself or for you to forgive others? Is it easier for you to forgive yourself or is it easier to forgive others? 90% of people surveyed said it would be easier to forgive 
someone else than to forgive themselves. So it's certainly possible that our scars are a result of actions against us, but some of the deepest, darkest scars that we experience are a result of our own actions. And sometimes they're the hardest to forgive. While we we have a long distance to go in becoming more gracious and forgiving to others, we're typically least gracious when it comes to our own sins. So that leads me to this conclusion this morning. You cannot be forgiving of others until you have received forgiveness for yourself. We forgive others by learning to receive God's forgiveness for ourselves. As you go through this 40-day challenge, I want you to deeply experience God's forgiveness for you. When you receive God's forgiveness, there is something more than freeing. John 10, verse 10. Jesus declares, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Freedom is what we're after. But to experience true freedom from sin, you will need to open your heart. Probably be vulnerable. You have to show your scars. And that's not always easy. I'm not saying you have to show your scars to the world, but you will. And we need to show our scars to Jesus, don't we? Thankfully, we have someone who has taken the first step towards giving us total freedom. Jesus. So right after revealing Jesus' scars to Thomas, it seems the Apostle Paul is ready to wrap up his gospel. And then out of the blue comes chapter 21. The 89th and final gospel chapter, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the very last chapter is John chapter 21. There's a powerful, powerful forgiveness story in John chapter 21. Does anyone know who's being forgiven in John besides Pastor Gerber? Begins with P. Simon Peter. Simon Peter. You imagine being Simon Peter? Jesus told him that the that he would be the rock that the church would be built on. And when and when the when we had a situation of Peter stepping up to the plate. And standing up for Jesus, what did he do? He denied Jesus. Three times. Three times. So here's Peter. He's with those other disciples. He's just as afraid as of everybody else. And while Peter was in that room, when Jesus displayed those nail-scarred hands... To all of the disciples, it took the 89th chapter of the Gospels for Peter to deal with his own scars. And I believe that's the Gospel truth that we need to hear today too, that that you need to walk away with today. And there's another chapter for you. 
there's another chapter for me because God is for us, not against us. Maybe you feel like you're so sinful that God could never use you sometimes. That God is so angry with you that you just keep blowing your chances. It's not worth it. It's over. But I'm here today to proclaim to you that God will never give up on you and God will never, ever stop loving you. So as we walk through this forgiving challenge together, we will be focusing on something introduced at the beginning of this message. Scars. The S. The S will stand for sin. And that's what will be week one. Now there will be an introduction week. And then when we get into day one, which is Sunday, Tuesday, excuse me, first challenge will be Sunday. We'll be talking about sin for a week. And then we will move to C, confession. Learning to bring our sin to God will be the focus in this phase. And then the third phase, A, for absolution. This is a powerful week where you will experience that your sin has been fully paid, fully paid for by Jesus. The R, restoration. This phase, we're going to see that not only does God pay the price for your sin, but he fully restores your relationship with him. Restoration. And then we get to conclude with sanctification. Finally, after being forgiven and restored, this is the great invitation. Sanctification is the process of living out our freedom that we have through Jesus. The greatest, most impactful mark on humanity in the world is the scars that Jesus had on his hands. His forgiveness leaves a bigger mark than any of our sins could ever leave. So just like God used the scars in the life of Jesus, as he used the scars of Peter, I believe he's wanting to tell a powerful story through your scars, the freedom story that comes from forgiveness. Jesus says in Luke 4, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. Now, you don't think of yourself as being oppressed, but we're sinful. We are oppressed by sin. Pray with me as we go to God and ask his blessing on our journey together. Lord God, Heavenly Father, as we embark on this challenge, on this forgiveness journey together, we ask for your guidance. We ask for your patience, for your courage and your perseverance. It is a journey that won't be easy some days, but a journey that will be well worth it in the end. We thank you for this opportunity to walk alongside our brothers and sisters in Christ 
those who have known you as long as they can remember, and brothers and sisters who are still getting to know you, love you, and understand you. May this journey set us free from the chains of sin. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray, amen. And now we have the privilege to go to Jesus today. We don't have to wait till Tuesday to be forgiven, people. We get to go to Jesus today to confess our sins and have our sins absolved. Sins. Confession, absolution. Reconciliation. Sanctification. It's going to be awesome. Let's go to God.